Hey now, I'm Jack Cush, executive editor of RoomNow.com. It's the 12th of May, 2017, and this is the Room Now Week in Review. This week in the news, Adalimumab is all over the news, and you'll see why. The ACP has come up with guidelines on how to use bisphosphonates and how to test and monitor patients, but they have gone out of their way to irritate us by having guidelines that say no DEXA screening for five years, except in certain situations. And lastly, osteoarthritis of the hand, a gigantic, big problem for which no solutions exist and very little research is out there. In the news, prevalence of, of psoriatic arthritis was studied in Denmark. And interestingly, they showed recently that the incidence of psoriatic arthritis has risen from 7.3 to 27.3, almost a threefold increase in about a 13-year period um, in that population. They saw that this increase was greatest in patients uh, who were women, uh, those between the ages of 50 and 59, so women between the ages of 50 and 59. They also saw more DMARD use, methotrexate, sulfazalazine, cyclosporin use in this time period, and the introduction also of biologics that was on the rise. So changes are afoot in psoriatic arthritis. An interesting case report showed that cutaneous ulcers in lupus, digital ulcers, DUs, um, can be treated with more than vasodilators. In an interesting case report, these authors showed that the use of minocycline could be beneficial in someone who has DU, digital ulcers, due to calcinosis. I looked at that and said, what in the world? And talked to my partners about it. We didn't agree that with that. But, you know, if you look in the literature, there's some case reports about the use of minocycline as adjunctive treatment, especially when there's calcinosis involved. Didn't know it, thought you may want to be aware of it because we don't have many options for such patients. The CAMERA study is one of those treat-to-target studies out there that has a cute little name where it's computer-assisted dosing of methotrexate in rheumatoid arthritis. Don't ask me what CAMERA stands for. But what they basically showed in one of these wrap-up studies is in that their cohorts, patients were either given um, 10 milligrams of prednisone or were not as they were started out on methotrexate. When they followed these, I think over 200 patients over a five-year period or more, they showed that the addition of, meth of prednisone to the methotrexate regimen did have benefits. In fact, there was a higher rate of, of, of biologic use in patients who did not get the steroids. Uh, so those who got steroids had less biologic use, they had less erosions, um, probably expected from the Kerwin data, and they really didn't show much in the way of an increased risk of, of toxicity. Uh, there were some unique steroid-related toxicities, but it wasn't out of proportion. So, again, there's a little bit uh, to be said about a little bit of prednisone in a combination regimen. This past week was World Lupus Day on the 10th of uh, May. Um, led me to reflect on that particular day as I was managing a few patients that, you know, lupus is best managed when it's managed by one person who can manage the whole disease and take a look at the many facets of it. You may need other people at different times, but... To treat lupus because they have four organ systems by involving four consultants who are all, all going to be like the four blind men grabbing hold of some part of the elephant is a bit problematic. So thank God for rheumatologists as they manage lupus. Stroke, uh, a recent study looked at stroke in RA and showed it to be a very uncommon event, about three per 1,000 patient years. They found this to be uh, much more common, though, after patients had a serious adverse event. And no particular kind, that was just any kind of serious adverse event that resulted in hospitalization, for instance. These were higher with age, smoking, and hyperlipidemia. And then Lenny Calabri saw this and actually retweeted it and said, and also even higher with uh, the, after the onset of herpes zoster, where he's shown and others have shown 
that herpes zoster is associated with increased risk of stroke, especially in RA patients. Um, Plaquenil is in the news. I'm not Plaquenil. Adalimumab is in the news. Usually it's Plaquenil in the news. Adalimumab is effective in pediatric psoriasis. As you know, it's approved for plaque psoriasis in adults. In pediatric populations, approved for Crohn's um, and, um, um, and in polyarticular JIA. It has not been studied in pediatric psoriasis where it was uh, about a 200-something patient trial compared uh, sub-Q adalimumab to, uh, given uh, after the first week, every other week, to weekly uh, methotrexate given orally. And in that study, they showed hands down that adalimumab was more uh, effective in treating the skin, the plaque psoriasis, with posse 75s of like 70 versus, uh, 60 versus 30. Um, and no uh, matter what the measure was, it was more, it was superior to um, uh, methotrexate. And there was really no new signals, no increased signals. There were three serious adverse events. Those were seen in the, um, in the adalimumab group, but it was not thought to be related to the drug. Um, a recent uh, Medscape report looked at physician salaries, and they included rheumatologists in there. Hooray, we're being paid finally. Um, the average salary of a rheumatologist, 235000 uh, They showed that 25% of us have a net worth of over $2 million. Woohoo! Um, unfortunately, 17% of us are paying off school loans, and 11% are, have incurred financial losses due to our practices and our practice situation. So, uh, again, we are doing better than internists and pediatricians, but not, not really better than most medical specialties. Um, we love our patients. We love what we do. The USTAR study is a, is a very large um, uh, a cohort study of scleroderma patients, and recently they looked at the associations of autoantibodies with some complications of scleroderma, systemic sclerosis. Specifically, they looked at what the influence of anti-RNA uh, polymerase 3 antibodies might be, and specifically they showed a higher risk of cancer in such patients. In fact, a 7.3-fold higher risk of, uh, of cancer, especially in those who were older and those who had more extensive skin involvement. A nice clinical tip from the USTAR study. The ACP in Annals of Internal Medicine has recently published its uh, practice guidelines uh, update, uh, updating a 2008 guideline on the use of bisphosphonates. Um, and in, in their guideline, they make some several, several strong statements. Not surprisingly, they say that we should be using, um, um, you know, the bisphosphonates, alendronate, residronate, zolendronic acid, and um, uh, denosumab to reduce fracture risk in patients, w especially women with osteoporosis. They strongly recommend in favor of using generics when available. They strongly advise against the use of estrogen uh, and hormonal-based therapies to treat such patients. Um, and then they said that women should treat... Um, uh, who have osteoporosis should be treated with one of these agents uh, for at least five years. And during that period of treatment, they should not be tested or have their density monitored because the evidence, quote, does not show any benefit for monitoring during the treatment period. They, the evidence also did not uh, support the monitoring of women who have normal bone densities and doing repeated DEXAs and that such patients really could just be followed over a 15-year period without such measurements. So, again, there's something there controversial for the rheumatologist to yell and scream about, good luck, have fun. Uh, on another <laughs> somewhat irritating report comes from the British Medical Journey, where, Med, BMJ, the British Medical Journal, where uh, a group of Canadian investigators have looked at a number of different cohorts, and specifically they looked at cohorts in the EU and in Canada where they had outcomes, uh, especially acute myocardial infarction, 
um, amongst patients who were taking non-steroidals. And specifically that was uh, naproxen, diclofenac, ibuprofen, rofecoxib, celecoxib. What they showed in, in matching 61,000 patients who had acute MIs to a cohort of patients who took those drugs um, and over 385,000 of such patients, um, thus studying over almost a half million patients, they showed that even being on a non-steroidal for one week resulted in a significant increase in acute MI uh, episodes. Um, during this period, again, the odds ratios being significantly higher than one were 1.24 for celecoxib, 1.48 for ibuprofen, 1.50 for diclofenac, 1.53 for naproxen, and, and 1.58 for rofecoxib. Um, so again, this is out there. This is the kind of stuff internists and cardiologists love. Again, these are pretty rare events um, and, and are certainly less, less common compared to the GI events associated with non-steroidals. Um, and lastly, there's a lot in the news uh, this week about hand osteoarthritis. Specifically, a CDC study reviewed the results of the Johnson County Osteoarthritis Initiative, where they, they studied over 2,500 uh, patients with, uh, uh, they surveyed over 2,500 patients uh, who have, and found out that the risk of developing symptomatic hand osteoarthritis was 40% in the population. The numbers in specifically were 38, 39.8% um, with a higher percentage in women. Women, by the time they reached age 85, had a 47% chance of getting symptomatic hand osteoarthritis, 25% for men. The rate was higher in whites than blacks, higher in those who were obese than not obese, 47% versus not obese, 36%. This is a gigantic public health problem for which there really are no effective therapies. There isn't, and I, I spent my lifetime looking for them. Thank God the um, ORSI, an organization who is focused on osteoarthritis, led by people like Mark Hochberg, have recently submitted a white paper to the FDA declaring osteoarthritis a serious medical condition that reserves special consideration by the FDA to develop new therapies. Um, and there are people who are trying new therapies. There's IL-1 inhibitors that are in trials of hand osteoarthritis. Those results are not in, but I don't have high hopes for that. Um, and, and Humira, uh, did the rec a recent study called the Humor Study. We put, reported on that this week. Unfortunately, the Humor Study, which is only a 43-patient crossover study, failed to show any eff efficacy of adalimumab in patients with symptomatic hand osteoarthritis. So that's it for this week at roomnow.com. Go to the website, register, become a lifelong member, and we'll send you chocolate. Um, tune in next week. Go to the website to find these citations and we'll keep you up to date on roomnow.com. Take care.